0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. I'm excited about this recording because, or this program in which we are recording early, but so that she can be heard on Tuesday when you're normally published. But I want to tell you about this dynamic woman. Now, how do I find the interviews that I ask on my show? They're usually women. And I'd say 85% of them are women because that is what we are about, second wind with women. And so I was attending a workshop in California and uh, this was a Brendan Bruchard workshop, and there was approximately, I would say, about a thousand people there. And there, when I got in line to go into the the conference room, there was this dynamic woman standing over, and I sort of watched her. She's very attractive, but she also eludes ha- a lot of confidence, and she's a very bright spirit. And so I, I know by the time she left that conference that she knew everybody by their first name. You know that person. One that's so magnetic that people are drawn to her as well as they love being around her. Well, that is our guest today. And when I asked her to be on the show, she was willing to do that. And so her name is Kiana. And Kiana is a Texas Lady Kiana France, 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 Kiana, you have to correct me. France, it, it's it's uh, either France or France. It's
2: um, a German name, a so German it's however you choose to pronounce it. Most people say <laughs> France,
1: <laughs> France. That's because yes. we're in Texas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, after a she is a Texas woman that has mastered the art of transition. Now, after a successful career in the Air Force, she is now living her life as a certified high-performance coach, where she helps women navigate life on their own terms. I love that. As an Air Force veteran, she has worn several hats in life. She has been married and divorced two times, she said to me this morning, worked as an employee and an entrepreneur, Has suffered loss and gain, faced failure and experienced success, survived tragedy and found triumph. With her elevated alignment coaching program, she helps women create new lives in shorter time with greater success and happiness. So, welcome, 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 Kiana, to the show today. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you,
2: thank you so much. Uh I'm all just uh floored by your uh description of me. I had no idea that you were watching me and that you saw me in that light. So <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I sound well, amazing. It's, that's all I just need you to go with me and introduce me to everyone. <laughs> I want you to I want you to, well oh who am I? Go ahead, Joyce, tell them who I am. <laughs> that was an amazing introduction. I am so honored to be here with you today, especially because um, your show is about women, and yes. we're women, and I love women, so I'm really honored that you would have me on. Yes. How were your holidays? Well,
1: I tell no lies here, okay? So, one of the things that set you apart is you had this magnificent turban on your head, and it was so eye-catching and so beautiful with your face that... I, you couldn't be passed, my dear. You just couldn't. <laughs> I mean, it was just wonderful to see how everybody interacted with you. Yes, I'm like the little person that stands over on the guy, on the side and kind of watches, you know. <laughs> but, well, when you I watch, you know that, see more. But I watch. But I also interacted with you because I sat behind you in the conference. And so, anyway, we were constantly doing interactions. Um, activities together and uh, just enjoying the conference so anyway I'm delighted that you're here and one of the things that shocks me I guess I'm always kind of interested in how a woman makes the decision to go into the Air Force what was really one of the reasons that drew you to that
2: well, um I didn't go to college after high school and yeah. I joined the um the Air Force um because it was an opportunity to become a bioenvironmental engineer. And wow. to me at that point that was like something I could only dream of and mm-hmm. to me it was just a much better life than I would have just with my high school diploma. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it um being a bioenvironmental engineer uh Give you a little bit about that. It is kind of like the, the military equivalent to the EPA and OSHA, all wrapped up into one.
1: Okay. All right. So, you didn't have the opportunity to go to school, and this was a way to grow and experience new things. Did you get to see much of the world, or were you primarily in the States? Which that's part uh, of the world.
2: When I traveled with the Air Force uh, while I was active duty, I traveled. <clears throat> excuse me, mainly in the U.S. But um, my job, because I was creating a program called the Stormwater Sampling Program, to make sure that the emissions that were leaving the bases during storms weren't mm-hmm. going into the communities, polluting the ground and 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 the water uh-huh. and things like that. So I yeah. did a lot of stormwater sampling. So it took me nationwide. Um, I would yeah. probably be gone from my home about two weeks out of a month every month during rainy seasons throughout the u s
1: all right, yeah, well, there's a lot of fascinating interesting parts of the u s to see i'm 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 constantly uh reminded of how beautiful America is, and sometimes definitely now that we've become more world focused we kind of think it's outside of us but there is such beauty inside america that um we sometimes miss it because we're looking elsewhere for it but anyway that's my plug for america um i like the way what, you did
2: that though because that's what we do with our lives yeah we, we look you know you tell you saying we look outside um mm-hmm. as women i think sometimes we look outside of ourselves for that thing that we're missing that happiness or that, that joy or that, um, to me more so, I just noticed that a lot of women are looking for validation right? and Mm -hmm. they look outside
1: for that. Right. Yes. I know. I kind of think it's because we, well, it starts very early in our lives Mm -hmm. where we develop Mm -hmm. that habit of looking outside of ourselves for validation, as you said, but it's also part of that. Um, marriage dream that we have that, you know, um, Cinderella sold us all on that. So, <laughs> we that think girl. when you get married, we're finding answers to whatever bothers us. And as you have shared with me before, that's not exactly what happens. And I think that's part of your message that you do in your coaching program. Correct? Correct.
2: Right. Um, and, and it's true. Um when we, you know, marriage is like that, that, well, when I get married, everything will be fine, you know, because there'll be somebody that's mm-hmm. going to love me. And, mm-hmm. you know, love is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have love, we think that it's going to be everything. And, and sometimes that's just not the case because sometimes what we're looking for is inside of us. And right. that's where I think we get hung up is because we don't realize how responsible we are for our life. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think we're doing any better as mothers and daddies teaching our children that
2: um I think we're doing better in some places and in other places not um yeah. and 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 why I say that the other place is not let's start there first is being you know that everyone gets a trophy that's not life <laughs> yes. we're not all going to win, and I think when we do that we we put our children in a deficit because now yeah. they don't know how to handle not winning. And yeah. now they don't know how to handle not getting what they want. And we see, you know, bad behavior from adults that, okay, you know, your order was not ready on time. Surely it's not worth you having this amazing outburst mm-hmm. because there were some mm-hmm. unforeseen circumstances that didn't get things when you needed it. But, yeah. so I think that's where we're doing a disservice. But I think um, for us to be doing better, I, I believe that. Since a lot more people are looking at the way they want that, like the way they want their children to grow up, not mm. so much for the career, not not so much for the tangibles, but those intangibles. I think we're starting to imbue character mm. in our children now more so than um, it was a conscious effort back when I was coming up, because I think when I was coming up, love looked like uh, the bills being paid and food being on the table.
1: Yeah. You know, my,
2: my yeah. parents didn't have time to, uh, talk to me about love and, and accepting myself and, and those things because they were busy making a living so that I could live.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, that definitely that generation was far more, um, into providing the necessities of life, the food and all of that than they were the inner game, the, Right, because it was, it was, you know, it was that. We well, it
2: was good enough for me. It's good enough for you. This is the way life looks. But I yeah. think with exposure, we we start to realize that no, life doesn't necessarily have to look this way.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I have to go back because I I'm still fascinated. But I don't. I want to talk more about this, but. What was something that you can say that your experience, because we build on experiences, and you made that decision to go into the Air Force, so I'm kind of pulling this back to that because I want to know, what was your greatest benefit from making that decision? How did you see yourself grow? You've already said you got the education, but did you see yourself growing internally internally? from that experience? Yes.
2: Um, I recognize my strength. Yeah. Uh, I recognize that I was made of more than I thought I was. Um, a lot of it starts with basic training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's intentionally hard. Um, now, granted, Air Force basic training is considered probably from other branches. They're like, oh, that's, that's you know, summer camp. But if you're not used to running half a mile and a half every day, if you're not used yeah. to getting up at 5 a.m., if you're not used to all of these things, it's like, man, I, I can't do that, you know. Yeah. And it, it helps you recognize your inner strength and in basic training because you become stronger physically
1: mm-hmm.
2: because you're doing things that you aren't used to doing every day. And I was an athlete, but I still wasn't used to doing those things every day. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it also makes you mentally stronger because there's, you know um, – uh, a large degree of discipline, you have to uh, demonstrate uh, just uh, with your, you know, governing your physical body. Um, if it's raining and you're standing <laughs> in formation, you're not allowed to wipe the rain off of your glasses so you can ski. Oh, you can't no. move. What? Right. You can't move without permission. So there's a lot of governance there. You know, um, mm. when it's hot and twitch down your back, you can't, like, scratch. You You have to stand. In that position, mm. so you know, you learn to be mentally strong. You learn to overlook those physical uh, inconveniences or those physical discomforts because mm-hmm. you are not allowed to answer to those. Mm. So, it, it, you that's know, it definitely strengthened me physically to realize that that I'm capable of more, and and mm-hmm. that's the phrase that that kind of stuck with me. And I'll say for the remainder of my life is I'm capable mm-hmm. of more because one night I was thinking, I can't, you know, I can't do this. This is just ridiculous. This is, it's not necessary for me to go through all of this just to get a job. Um, yeah. and, um, I was praying. I'm, I'm a believer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I was like, Jesus, just help me through the next couple of weeks because this is not my thing. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, any voice but mine in my head. You know, it sounded like me. Um, mm-hmm. And that phrase came to me, you're capable of more. And yeah. from that point on, whenever I face anything that I just feel like tearing me down or killing me and it's just like, I'm not going to be able to do this, I always reach into that. I'm capable of more.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's seldom that we put ourselves in such um extreme changes because i would doubt anybody goes into one of the services fully understanding what they have just committed to would you agree oh exactly and and i went during uh
2: peace i went before desert storm so oh. when the war broke out you, there was a look of panic on so many faces because a lot of people joined the military so they could get uh, money to go to college. Um, yes. So they could, you know, some were homeless. You know, there were people that joined the military for a, a myriad of reasons, but none yes. of them from my, the people that I joined the military with were, I'm joining the military so I can go to war because there hadn't been a war since Vietnam.
1: Yes. Right. So
2: that was a, a shock for many people. And, you know, we really had to you know, come to grips with the military is a war machine. Yeah. Now, there are all these other benefits as to why we joined, but right. our goal is we are created for war. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, a major transition with people that, that I knew and, and you know, a shift in myself, you know, because right. at the time, my mother right. and my stepfather were in the Army. Oh. and And I'm really? like, okay, so if We'd all go to war, who's at home, waiting for everyone yeah. to come back? <laughs> you know
1: so was uh, like yeah.
2: Man, we're, you know, so I was like, I wouldn't even know if they died because there was no big computers or you know there we right. were we were still doing
1: things by mail, yeah, so it well, was it was just it was an interesting time, yeah, how many years were you in the service? I stayed in the in the air force, um just shy like three weeks shy of eight years, yeah. That's a very long time. Well, okay. Now, so all the experiences that you went through, all the the uh, learning new habits and, and moving through the routine and building self-confidence and all that, would you recommend that to another woman that ha- finds herself in sort of the situation where you were? Um, Was that a yes, the military experience? is a...
2: The military is an option. It, you know, mm. it definitely is an option. Mm-hmm. But, it, you yeah. know, I, I think for me, it would, it would have to be if, if you think that's your path. And the yeah. only reason I say this is because now there's the, the possibility of you deploying and going to war and, and witnessing atrocities or being part of an atrocity. So right. that, that's the only reason I would say, you know, is that what you want? You know, because there are yeah. all these other opportunities, but there's also the very strong possibility that you will be in a war zone. Yeah. Or doing wartime activities. So that's, um, you know, that's a variable that needs to be taken into consideration.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I really hadn't thought about that. And, yeah, that's a pretty good point. So how do you see that the Air Force has prepared you for going into what you've chosen, which is personal coaching?
2: Um, I would say the Air Force prepared me for that just uh, with the experiences that I had in the military that um, required me to change internally um, in a way I never thought I would have to change
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, in ways that I never saw coming. But those experiences helped to shape the next 20 27, 28 years of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you've been out how long?
2: I've been out since um, 1997.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. So you've had some years to uh, develop. And and why did you develop into the coaching? What was it that called you?
2: I found that um, I want to say, coaching found me.
1: Um, <laughs> it usually does that.
2: <laughs> I found that I was the person that um people turned to when they needed to, to create solutions, yeah, or when they needed someone to hold their mirror up to themselves and help them see themselves. Yeah, and I, and I use the term "help them see themselves" because I think sometimes our situations or the situations we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. we start to define ourselves by the situations we're in. And that's not always true. Right. You know, because we, we'll start to see ourselves through the lens of the people we're around. But mm-hmm. we don't know that their lenses are dirty.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, well, I know for my story, it was more about... Um, I, in my own healing after my divorce, which was one of the major disappointments of my life, going through that and under trying to find out what happened, how did it happen, what was it, what was the situation, how was I going to rebuild my life. In doing that, when I was trying to help myself, when I started. By sitting next to a woman at a retreat and she said, I'm having this workshop in Austin. It's called Get Out of Your Own Way. And so it just fit me so perfectly. And I said, okay, I'm going. And, um, then I found myself there. She was a big follower of, of, of Jack Canfield, who wrote the chicken soup book series and is a tremendous teacher, and um, that, you know, I just began to follow him. So, and then it gradually grew into, I want to help other women do this. So, right. I'm thinking that might be your story, you know, that we have to start someplace. Right, so, and
2: it, it started with just my experiences, and uh, for lack of a better term, women referring other women to me. yes you know, saying, hey, you know what, Keanu has gone through that. Uh, Let me get you in touch with my girlfriend and, and and you know, she'll be able to tell you, you know, some of the things that work for her. And that's the thing I just started out saying, hey, you know, this is what worked for me. Yeah. But these are also some things I tried because I yeah. I didn't feel like I had all of the answers. I can only tell you what worked for me and other yeah. things that I've tried because some of those other things might be what worked for you. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I found myself in that uh, that arena, and I really started to look at what do all of the women that I help have in common? Yeah, and it's usually either they're in transition, mm-hmm. they're trying to transform their lives or they're trying to empower themselves.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, transition just does sort of mean wobbly. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to describe that, but you're not on steady ground. You're kind of looking for right. some stability. Now, you shared with me that you experienced two divorces, two marriages or two divorces? Two marriages. Two marriages. And so you're presently in a marriage.
2: I'm, yeah. um, well, we're not together. Oh, you're not we're together. We're waiting for the, the okay. final people work
1: Yeah. So do you find that you support women more about their transition of the divorce Um, or is it their loss of a job or what exactly is their their, um, most of the questions that come to you? Is it about their own self-esteem or is it about the relationship or what is it?
2: That's so interesting that you ask, because now that you say it, um, it's all of the above. I have women that are in the military, that are retiring, that I've, you know, been friends with for years, that are learning how to live with an empty nest, and that's a major transition. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I have widows that I served with their husbands, or their husbands were good friends of me, mine, and now they're yeah. trying to figure out, wow, you know, now my life is still the same, but everything is different, because... I don't have my husband, you know, so mm-hmm. there, there, there's that group. And then there are women that have PTSD mm-hmm. um, that I help learn to navigate life and, and claim the power that they have left in their life to create a new life for themselves. Um, yeah. and of course there, there are my, uh, women that, that are coming out of a divorce or women that are just coming out of bad relationships. So mm-hmm. I don't have a, uh, one group of women that come to me mm-hmm. and, and, and I guess it's because all of those experiences with the exception of being a widow, all mm-hmm. of those experiences are things that, that I have experience in. Yeah. Right. So it just yeah. depends on which person refers you to me as to what, to this, where you're coming from in, mm-hmm. you know, in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, Because at first I wanted to only work with women that had PTSD. Then I only wanted to work with women that were uh, becoming an entrepreneur. But I couldn't – my program was helping all of them, and I really felt like I would be doing a disservice to say I'm only going to work with women that are transitioning from corporate America to becoming an entrepreneur or women that are transitioning from, you know, being a mom, a soccer mom to an empty nest.
1: Yeah well they didn't work out it's really advocated you start small very focused and then what happens is that it ends up growing because your your coaching practice really helps more than just one and there are a lot of similarities in the different transitions that one goes through so um it only makes sense that you would have multiple types of situations i do um we're going to go shortly to a break, but I do want to highlight that on your website uh, and what is your website? It's www.sincerelycanoe Keanu.com Keanu.com Now, we spell that K-E-A-N-U-E dot com and I went to your website this morning and found all of your programs and it was so interesting to see. I particularly liked about the vlog and the Facebook show because I saw a familiar face or two there. And so <laughs> anyway, it was very, I stopped along the way to uh, visit with our friend to hear our friend, but I also noticed you did talk about PTSD. So when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of those programs that you have. On your program called Conversations with Keanu. So, when we come back, let's spend some time talking about that a little bit about PTSD, if you will, um, and you share with us that you've experienced that as well. So, we're going to take a brief break here, and when we come back, we'll be continuing to talk with Kiana.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Stewart returns after
3: this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from choice.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose passion and fulfillment of your potential you'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits sessions can be done over the phone skype or in person find out more at www.joycebufordempowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are so glad you're with us today. And we are talking with the fabulous Kian, Kiana, Kianu, like Kianu Reeves. I know Same it. Name. How many times have you told me that? Cerebral. It's one <laughs> of those anyway.
2: names. No worries.
1: <laughs> all right. So anyway, she is sharing with us, and I've just told you about her website, which is Sincerely, dot K-E-A-N-U-E.com. And I'd like for you all to... Go to that website because you're going to see the many facets of Kiana and see how what she's doing with her practice. She has a one on one practice. She has a group coaching practice and she has what's the you have a third thing. Is it right
2: uh, I have workshops, but i don't I don't know that they're on the website. I'm learning how to do that website yeah <laughs> um but I, you know I, I have an individual practice i have group coaching yeah. uh group coaching and I also uh host workshops um quarterly workshops where um it's part of my elevated alignment program where I help women align with their true values um create and set goals, and then we have uh accountability for uh I I like to have them for an entire year, so every 90 days we deal with each other uh, on, you know, tweaking what's happening. But, um, you know, it's usually a 90-day program.
1: Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but there was another thing that I really enjoyed that I did mention before break that I wanted to kind of talk with you a little bit. You also do weekly vlogs, and you do a Facebook show called Conversations. With Keanu. Yes, um, Keanu. I have conversations
2: with Keanu, and um, that is a weekly show where um, I highlight different individuals that are helping people strengthen themselves, or um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: what's the other word I like to use, um, helping you to grow forward.
1: Yes, yes. You know,
2: well, and um, I meet individuals uh, in many different situations, and... Uh, I try to have interviews with them and then yeah. other times I'll just have a conversation that needs to be had and yeah. uh, we'll just have a conversation as well.
1: Right. Well, I I did notice that you have a common friend of both of us, Satori Matu, is that how he pronounces Satori his Madel, name? Satori Matu,
2: yes. Yes, Satori is uh, amazing.
1: That's a wonderful, I'm, I'm going to back, go back and listen to that. But in looking at this site, I also noticed that you have an article here on the face of PTSD. So tell us a little bit about your work, because you start off saying, I have had PTSD, right? Yes. Um,
2: uh, or no. PTSD, I think that was the first, that might have been one of the first um, blogs I put up. And PTSD has a stigma. It is a mental illness. And it has a mm-hmm. stigma attached to it that a lot of times the images that come to a person's mind when they think of PTSD is automatically somebody that's been to war. And, you know, sometimes it's, they're thinking of the angry outbursts because a lot of times when we hear PTSD in the news, we hear that someone has injured someone or killed someone. And, oh, yeah. well, that person has PTSD, and, and so they weren't in control. But PTSD has different faces. Um like, all of the things that you used to describe me, the most beautiful description I've ever had of myself. Um, <laughs> and I'm very glad just recorded because now I can play it over and over and listen to it.
1: <laughs> you uh, are so cute. I'm not kidding. But, but I is. have
2: PTSD, and, and, and the person you describe doesn't sound like PTSD. But no. if, if you watched me, you noticed yeah. I sat in the same area every day.
1: Well, so did I.
2: That's part of my PTSD. I needed to it be is? close to an exit. Yes, I needed to be close to an exit. Now oh. either I'll sit all the way in the very front, or I'll sit all the way in the very back. Because if I sit all the way in the very front, I'm three steps away from the door.
1: Ah, oh. you know. So
2: a lot of those things that you know, a lot of the way we move in life, if we have PTSD, is is very intentional. Um. Well, tell us what PTSD you would, you would is. You wouldn't think
1: about tell me having
2: PTSD are. because I don't look like what. PTSD, quote-unquote, looks like.
1: Yes. Kiana, tell us what PTSD means, those letters. Okay, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder.
2: And okay. what that means is a person has either witnessed an atrocity, been part of some type of... Um, trauma that happened to them
1: mm-hmm.
2: experienced some type of trauma or maybe inadvertently have caused some type of trauma Yeah, that they cannot move past. There are people, I'll give you the most generic um, scenario. Um, there are people that can witness a horrible accident mm-hmm. and be like, man, I saw this bad accident. And you know they may describe it, and then you know they're okay because they mm-hmm. didn't know anyone in the accident anyway. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that can witness that same accident, and it caused them to have nightmares and 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 to just keep seeing that 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 scene over and over in their head. And you know it causes them to not be able to move past that scenario. I see. So PTSD to me, uh, my, my vivid description is like being in a prison without bars. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because from looking out, it's like, well, why are you there? I mean, there are no bars you can get out, mm-hmm. but it's it's still a prison, and, and you can't just walk out of it. So a lot of times uh, people uh, back in the Vietnam era, we hear about people having flashbacks. Yes. You know, right. um and back then, I think they called it shell shock. Yeah. Um, the, the VA is an amazing medical facility, so they've done a lot more research in the, in the years that, you know, move forward. And mm-hmm. they realized that PTSD is a thing that haunts quite a few military members. And that's when the publicity started to come out to it. But PTSD affects first responders, uh, police officers, uh, yes. firemen, um, nurses, doctors, people mm-hmm. that work in the morgue. Um, a lot of those uh, people will start to develop PTSD because you Mm -hmm. see some horrific things, people that witness car accidents, um, these children that are exposed to these shootings at school, children that have been abused in their life. You know, there Mm -hmm. there are a lot of factors that um, basically PTSD, you know, in the most generic phrases, something happened outside of your control. Yes. That you can't move past. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
2: that continues to revisit you or that continues to take you back to that place.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, People
2: manifest it and they deal with it differently. There's some people that, you know, um, are angry a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. there are people that, that, that experience depression, anxiety, uh, people become suicidal, um, because they don't feel like they can get out of it. Um, so it manifests itself in, in a myriad of ways. Um, you know, sometimes people are very territorial, you know, um, like, they won't go in crowds. You know, they won't go right. to different places. Now, for me, it took years for me to be able to go to a conference like the one you met me at because it was too many people, too many variables that I couldn't control.
1: Yeah, You know, a it's lot of true.
2: times when people yeah. have PTSD, it's about safety, and they, and one of the things that they need to do, you know, to do, one of the things that they do to make feel safe, at least what I did, is I tried mm-hmm. to control my environment. Mm-hmm. By where you sat by where I sit, by where I am to an exit, by, you know, um, the feel of the people. If, I, if I'm ever in a situation where I feel uneasy, I'm leaving. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to, you know, oh, well, something's off, but I can't put my finger on it. I don't stick around and try to put my finger on it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. Yeah. But that was a hard place to be because it changed the trajectory of my life because I'm not explaining that, oh, man, you know, I just don't feel good about this. It's hard to explain to mm-hmm. someone
1: mm-hmm. why you feel yeah.
2: uneasy or why you want to leave.
1: Yes, I don't have actually a, know. Um, another coach friend who's who sits on um, the first responders on um emergency line in Canada. And um, she also experienced PTSD from some of the trauma that came through the phone of people. Mm-hmm. in Secondary, you know, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I I am familiar with that. Do they? Is there a? This is a question. You maybe don't have an answer. But is there a a figure of how many people come back from or experience PTSD?
2: Is when, there, you, when you say how many people come back from, I'm not.
1: Well, I'm not really asking that question very well. I want to say the war, but then I also realized that my friend in Canada was just doing her job and experienced PTSD. And so I'm kind of like, well, how can you even put a qualifier on it? Because it's it's hard to know. It's an unknown.
2: Well, but, and that's the thing. What, what what um they're doing now, they're targeting career fields that PTSD is prevalent in. Like, Uh, They look at career fields that have high suicide rates first responders, um, Mm -hmm. dispatchers, um, Mm -hmm. people in the military. That's where they started. That's how the research, I'm going to say, in my opinion, that's probably how the research started. It's like, why are all these people killing themselves? Why do they have, what do they have in common? And they started to look at those things. Um, But now we're starting to realize that there are a myriad of causes a myriad of things that cause PTSD or that can cause PTSD. Because like I said, it can be two people that witness the same exact thing. One person develops PTSD and the other person doesn't. It's mm-hmm. just how we, we, we process information. Right. You know, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't know that there is a place where you can say this many people have PTSD. Yes. But I would say yeah. the statistics are higher than most people would think. Mm. You know, like they used yeah. to say, if you're standing in a room with four women, three of them have probably been uh, inappropriately assaulted, yeah, or touched. So well, it's I say that. That's, that's you know what hot. I
1: look at? I have to say this. I think it's amazing when you know you look at your life and you experienced PTSD, which is really awful to experience or go through. I have no idea what I'm saying because I haven't gone through it, but I can, I, from what you say, I can, there's lots of recovery time. There's lots of healing time that goes on here, but look how you have turned and used that situation, that pain to turn to help other people. I love that. And it's, it's kind of going through it, knowing what other people experience, that you're now being able to turn that into a positive, if you will, or um, to help other people. So you do offer this as part of your career plan as well, don't you? Yes, yes. Um, I, I do.
2: And it's because I feel, for lack of a better word, I feel that I have a responsibility to help others through something that I was able to get through. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and for me, I've always felt that that was my calling, is just to help people, which is probably yeah. why people um, would come to me with to help to get solutions and things like that because I'm that person. If, you know, if if, yeah. if you ever go to an event and there's one girl standing behind to, to help whoever's setting up the event, that's probably me. <laughs> you know, um, that's just my nature. I want to help make things easier for other people.
1: Yeah. yeah. And now, where do you um, live in Texas? San Antonio. Oh, okay. When well, I wanted to call you when I was doing a workshop. <laughs> it's, it's, well,
2: yeah. wherever you're doing a workshop. Now, Kyle, that's close and to me. I, I don't want to go that far out. <laughs> <laughs> My I daughter went SFA, you. so that's the only just reason just I know you. where that's at.
1: <laughs> well, you have. How are other ways that people can get in touch with you? Um, I know your website, and we've said that several times. And also, it'll be um, it's sincerely with K E A N U E Kianu dot um, com. And am I doing that right? Um, Yes. Okay. And then also, you have what are the other ways that you communicate with people?
2: I have social medias. I have a Facebook, and it's it's sincerely Keanu uh, on Facebook. Um, I'm learning, and and I'll I'll give this disclaimer: I'm learning to use the internet uh, uh, more with uh, Facebook and Instagram. But I'm not. I'm learning, so I'm getting there. It's, it's not a big following yet because I'm learning. You're a working The kids progress. are showing me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you have, do you also do Twitter and LinkedIn? I have a LinkedIn account, uh, I believe, but
2: that's Lincerely uh, Keanu as well. Uh, let see. I try to keep everything simple. Yeah. Um,
1: can, they can probably find, can they find all those on your website?
2: Yes, I believe they can. I believe so, yes. I believe everything's on, on my website. Let's see. Let me go back.
1: Well, yeah. all you listeners out there, if you have a question for um, Kiana, Kiana, then you need to go to her website, com. And she has all of this information for you there, as well as you're even offering for my listeners a free video, correct?
2: Yes, I'm offering a video on claiming your personal power, because Mm -hmm. really, to me, what we've uh, discussed on the show today is just being able to grow forward. And as women, we give away or negotiate away a lot of our power uh, in, Mm. in everyday decisions. And I have um, a video that um, is the three steps to claiming your personal power. Um, mm-hmm. The video is kind of short, but mm-hmm. there are three steps that you could really um, put into place and see, you know, mark change in the way you move throughout the world and the way people respond to you. hmm You know, um, yeah. claiming that personal power keeps you saying yes to your priorities. hmm And it teaches you healthy no's. And and no, for me, was something that was hard to do. It was Mm. hard for me to say no because I always wanted to help people. But more importantly, I always wanted to please people. So what I found is that I would um, say yes to someone else's priority. But really, I kind of had something I wanted to do. Not maybe something I needed to do, but, you know, I wanted to do something else, but... Mm-hmm. Well, this person needs me to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and do that so that, you know, I make them happy. Right. And what I, I, you know, I say that as women, we often make um, our lives our priority. And when I say that, I mean uh, our children our priority, or our spouses mm-hmm. are our priority, or sometimes even our careers our priority. And when we make those things um, a priority, that means we put ourselves on the back burner. So if, uh, say in a relationship, if you're putting your husband or your partner's um, needs before your own, they'll put their needs before your own, which means your needs are never a priority because you made his needs a priority, he made his needs a priority. When do your needs become a priority? Yeah. And it starts out as small, small, small negotiations or small um, I say where we give away a little bit of our power until we realize that we're just kind of in a position existing as opposed to living Mm -hmm. and thriving. Because pretty much every decision we make down to where we go eat as a family
3: Mm
1: -hmm. really
2: isn't about what we really want. It's about what everyone else wants.
1: Right. Yeah. I see so many times in families that it's where the kids want First, and mm-hmm. then it's the husband, and then it's me, maybe, you know?
2: Right, and and that's why uh, I work. I end up working with women that have empty nest syndrome because their entire existence was through serving their children. Yes. So now that those children are grown and gone, what do I do now? I don't even know who I am, and I hear that so often. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what do you like to do? I don't even know. What do you mean right. you don't know? I don't. I don't know. Or, you know, I've been so busy doing this that I kind of forgot about me and it, it, I really don't know what I enjoy. So a lot of it is about self-discovery and that also is, is about tapping into your personal power. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I try to make transition a time of exploration as opposed to a time of uh, sadness and, and, and pain and disappointment because when we look at... You know, we don't even know what we like. That's a hard thing to say, but it's even more hard to feel.
1: And I think it's also um, because of my um, divorce that I went through and some of the situations that I experienced, and I think you probably experienced them too, is the, the just having finished the holiday season, one of the saddest things about the holiday season is of course the breakup of the family and how all of the family routines get changed and i find many of my single ladies either single by divorce or single by death um end up sitting they don't end up making decisions for themselves and going out and changing and and taking action and Uh um It's almost like a calling for me at Christmas to have that New Year's Eve party that is only my, my single friends. It's, you know, I'm kind of very, I protect that a lot because I don't want anybody sitting at home on that festive evening. And that's all out of my own experience. So I, do you have, do you have little triggers like that?
2: You, it, you know what? It, it's true. I, I never thought of a New Year's Eve party. I, you know, um, I usually spend New Year's Eve in church. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess because I have a, a church family and a church life, it didn't really hit me until this year because I didn't go to church <laughs> this New Year's Eve. I'm like, wow, I'm alone and everyone's out partying somewhere, out having a good <laughs> yeah, time, it you. you know, yeah. out socializing, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, you know, it is those times when you have those milestones, like the holidays and, and uh special times, where you turn and there's no one to share it with right. that. It kind of hits you how much you gave your life away. And, and when we can, we can live there, we can stay there. We can roll over and revel in, 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 and wallowing and, and, how we've done Mm -hmm. ourselves a disservice, Disservice. but I take it personally and I make it a personal mission to help my client come out of that and say, okay, let's accept that. Let's go ahead and Mm -hmm. accept, yes, you did give it away. Now Mm -hmm. let's take some action. Let's Mm -hmm. take some decisive action so that you don't, you know, first of all, some actions to stop that habit because if you've done it for a long time, it's, it's, you know, there's a muscle memory there. It's just your Mm -hmm. first Re, your, your first uh your first instinct yeah, so let's yeah. take some action first of all to change those habits secondly let's explore let's explore everything you ever thought you wanted to do mm. and yeah. and figure out what that is that makes you thrive yeah. you know one of the things I learned in my relationships is that i'm a i'm an affectionate person mm-hmm, but because of some of the things that i that have happened in my life um I married someone that was really not affectionate. Yeah. And I thought it was okay because I really, really liked him and I'm like, oh, you know, the big deal. He doesn't like to hold hands. You yeah. know, that's not that's not really a big deal. Okay, he's not really much of a hugger. So what, you know, all of these other great things are are, are perfect. However, I just relegated myself, you know, if I'm gonna go cold death, do me part thing, I relegated myself to the rest of my life. Right. I'm not really holding hands. Yeah. You know, or not really having hugs without hugs. Okay, can I have a hug? You know, where it's yeah. not a,
1: where it's a natural thing. Yeah. And and, and you do know, when I do, how my many hugs we need and to have my husband to talk day. to them about that. Say <laughs> Do you realize how many hugs we need to have every day? I've been with somebody that says it's number like eight or fifteen or something, and I fall short a lot of days. You need that touching. Right. And that's the thing, human contact, that is a real, that's a real real basic
2: need, but a lot of us yes. negotiate. I, I negotiated that away because it didn't seem like a big thing at the time because I'm like, okay, I wanted somebody that's financially, financially secure. Okay, he's financially right. secure. I wanted someone yes. that um, had a strong family, you know, belief about family. Okay, he had that. You know, he had a bunch of other checks. So mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't like to hold hands and he wasn't very affectionate, not a big deal. Or so I thought, yeah. even though it seems like something small, you have to start yeah. to think long term. Do I want to go the rest of my life having to ask somebody to hold my hand or having to ask for a hug? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's it's those things that we negotiate a way that, you know, we can stay there. I mean, like, man, I, I you know, I really just kind of screwed up this many years of my life because I did this and I did that or he did this and he did that. But, you know, mm-hmm. what What I try to do with my clients is help them move past that. Let's take some action. Okay, so now you know yeah. you like to hold hands. So that's a deal breaker. If the guy that you meet is not a hand holder or he's not very affectionate, <laughs> you already know yeah. that that's not what you want for the next 15 years.
1: Yes. Well, the truly, the journey are the transitions that we go through in all relationships. I mean, women go through it, but also men go through it. But because my main focus is for the woman, and I know yours is too, is that we are here to really help them make that transition to find out who they are, to find out their values, to implement those values in their lives. And so it sounds like you not only do that for your women, but you... You address so many other needs in the community that I'm just happy um, I know you. <laughs> oh, and, thank you, Joyce. And you're not far away, so that's not, good. not 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 far at all. But Texas, Texas is a country, you
2: know, of itself. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I want to say thank you very much for sharing yourself today with my audience, because we are coming to the end of the hour. And it's always so rewarding for me to know that I've asked somebody that really gives a good message. And so I encourage all of you listening out there to go to Keanu's uh, website, find out what she's about so that you can Reap some of the rewards and the wisdom that she has to offer. So I thank you very much for being on the program today, Kian.
2: Thank you, thank you so much for having me, and then thank you for sharing your uh, your audience with me. Just uh, being able to be here and talk about the things that make women so amazing. You know, mm. I, th- I think mm. we are probably God's best creation, but I'm a little biased. I'll yes, quit. we are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, thank you. So, next week, we will again be back to visit. Well, you're gonna, Kiana will be on next week's show. So, you will, Kianu, and so you will be listening to her, and this recording is what you will be hearing. As usual, I always invite you to come and be with Second Wind, with Joyce. Listen to another guest, just as interesting as I found to be and I'm so grateful she's here doing her work for you women in transition for you people that are experiencing PTSD she's so fat so many facets about her thank you for being here I love having this time with you
2: thank you for having me you guys have an amazing day
0: Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time